Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Doug Tabbitt, and SwitchCast is the podcast where we seek to educate, edify, and entertain you on the drive of your life. This season, we've been focusing primarily on topics and guests that help our listeners be smarter buyers and sellers, avoid scams, and make informed decisions from their initial purchase through all aspects of ownership. And speaking of scams... Well, sometimes in the car industry, you get scammed, even if you buy from a dealer. Sometimes the dealers are the scummiest scammers out there. And tonight, I have a good friend here with me who definitely got scammed. He bought a stolen truck from a dealer. And it's been about, (laughs) unknowingly, (laughs) it's been about, I think, a nine-month process. Oh no, it was longer than that. Yeah, start to finish 11 before 11 I had the months. Time on hand. 11 yeah. months and we're going to try to distill that down in about 45 minutes for you guys and it's going to be a little bit of a roller coaster. It's a crazy story. I don't even remember half of it and uh, I don't know the final outcome how he got his title, but the truck is here. It is plated and there are no police coming to try and take the truck away from him. Currently. <laughs> so currently, <laughs> yet. So with me tonight is my good friend, race teammate, and fellow car guy, Stefan Shaver. Stefan, thank you for being here with me. Yeah, thanks for having me, Doug. Absolutely. And last week, I know a lot of the questions that came in on the talks of tick were about BMWs. And there were some pretty high level questions with the, you know, the E, the numbers after the E's. And I don't know all those codes, but Stefan is a certified (laughs) forum BMW nerd. He knows all the engine codes and transmission codes and all that. So if you want to throw in some nerdy BMW questions for later, Stefan can tackle those, uh, although we are going to mostly focus on the scam truck tonight. Um, Before we get into it, I do want to make an announcement about our Switch Cars live charity auction and open house that's coming up. It is Saturday, May 6th at our location in Twinsburg. You can look that up on Google. And it is from 8 to 11 a.m. And we're going to have some really, really incredible Uh, auction items. This is not your grandma's silent auction at the bingo hall with, uh, you know, you know, draperies and and flowers and stuff like that. We're going to have an automotive bed and breakfast. That's right. An exclusive car collection has a suite in it and the owner has donated a night stay within his car collection with a very rad car to use and breakfast as well. Uh, We're going to have a Twinsburg SWAT experience. So you might be able to get like, you know, blown up or, you know, chased, bitten by the the (laughs) German shepherd or tased (laughs) or something like that. You can pay money for this experience. We're going to have a high speed ride in a Lamborghini, never exceeding the speed limit, of course. Some really, really interesting experiences to give away. So please join us for our open house. You're not required to bid on anything, but we'd love for you to show up. We're going to have Goldie's Donuts is bringing donuts and Joe Coffee Co. will be providing gourmet coffee. So again, Saturday, May 6th, 8 to 11 a.m. We'd love to have you join us. So without further ado, Stefan, tell us a little bit about the truck, why it's cool and why you wanted it. And then we'll get into how you got scammed. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, for me, this all started, you know, kind of fall of 21. So that that's when this goes back to. That's uh, a long originally. time ago. Yeah, I know. It keeps going. Um, but yeah, so for me, uh, a little bit about other things that I do have. Um, I have a 67 Camaro project at home um, that requires basically a ton of metal work and a full rebuild. Anyways, I'm just coming up with excuses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I need one. Um, one of many excuses to get a truck. Um, also, the race car, you know, we tow that to the track. It's fun to show up in weird stuff or things that, sure. um, especially in this area of the country, because we race the 24 hours of lemons. So, yep. like, you know, you don't need a, a King Ranch no. brand new tow truck. It's not about clout. It's about, like, yeah, quirky, no one's impressed with quirky the, clout. with the nice stuff. It's it's yes. the weird older. How do you have something from 2001 that's a Chrysler product and isn't Swiss <laughs> it's cheese? Still run, yeah. running, sure. So, um, yeah, and I grew up in in Raleigh, North Carolina, and so you know had some buddies in high school had nice trucks, and uh, just got to a point where I wanted a pre emissions truck that wasn't rusty. That's not something you can find in Ohio, 
And so, as anyone does, you start searching on eBay for deals. So that's and where it started looking for looking in me. Oregon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I don't want to give up the secret, although it's probably not too much of a secret. But the best place that I've found to buy stuff that's rust-free, regardless of age, where the rubber's not totally roached out, is the Pacific Northwest. They don't use salt. Um, when it does snow, they use sand. The high desert, um, it's not hot enough necessarily to cook off rubber on mm-hmm. like your window seals and everything else. So, you know, you don't have the water issues. The paint um, isn't the all paint peeling. is not cooked, yep. which for a white Chrysler product of that vintage is unique. You know, clear coat issues are huge with those. Um, but anyway, so I uh, just started looking for a vintage truck. I was looking at Fords, was looking at, um, you know, not really the Chevys, but uh, looking at Dodges as well. And, you know, I've had great luck in the past on eBay. So I, I bought two cars prior on eBay. Both of them came and arrived at my place in much better condition than I would have thought. And one of those was a 1980 Volvo 240 DL wagon. So <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of where I started my search um, and ran across a, a nice listing. It was, you know, in the end, priced about market. I wouldn't say I got a deal on it like I had prior with other things um, on eBay. But I didn't feel bad about the price that it came to. Uh, it was certainly under the cap that I wanted to spend uh, and ended up winning the truck. So that was the start of it. Um, you know, and then also you do a little research on who you're buying it from, right? If it's a single Always. listing, Always. that's where I'm kind of a little curious as to what's going on. But this one was seemingly a very reputable dealer uh, out of the Pacific Northwest. And basically all the guy sells are very nice trucks from the 90s and early thousands and i'm guessing he sells them to suckers like me in the midwest <laughs> <laughs> you just can't find stuff that's not rusty here of that age so i mean um, i bought yeah. a 97 suburban from a dealer out there as well it might have been uh yeah i think it was oregon but uh, yeah it was I, I bought two from out there one from idaho and one from oregon and yeah i i paid up for it big time and i even saw i think i paid like nine grand or something and he would not negotiate at all yeah. i was like all right fine everyone's entitled to make their money and then i saw the title that he had just reassigned yeah <laughs> and the previous owner had written like four thousand dollars as a uh-huh. sales price and then he crossed it out in an attempt to hide it i was like okay man you could have given me like 200 bucks off yeah you i mean doubled that, that's your part of my story me. here it, it uh it definitely delves into that territory too um but yeah i mean you know the guy built his business model on selling stuff to people who couldn't find clean trucks. So um, what's funny is my brother-in-law, he's constantly chasing, and the third member of our Lemons team, constantly chasing vehicles, always looking for deals. Um, And he had been following like four of the other guys' listings, you know, at the same time that I bought this Dodge. Um, So anyways, funny enough. But, uh, and yeah, I think the real killer from buying out there is you just got to be prepared to pay for the shipping, you know? It's It's insane, yeah. Yeah, especially on a truck. Of doing it. So So you got the truck back here. You you bought the truck. Yeah. Got it back here. Where did it start unraveling? Yeah, so um, I picked up the truck. I got it home. And, um, you know, it's like October, November. And why buy a rust-free truck and then drive it through an Ohio winter? That's crazy. I'm not doing that. That's the whole point. Um, And also, you know, every every vehicle you buy... I personally like going through. So I'll change all the fluids. I just don't want to waste time with breakdowns or issues. I'd rather know what I have as soon as I get it. So, um, you know, in October, I basically just started taking care of all the maintenance needs. So all the fluids were done. Um, And I will say there's an important piece of this. I did not take the title to the title bureau to get this put in my name thinking, well, I'll just delay the tax bill because why would I want to pay for something that I'm not going to be driving tomorrow? First mistake. Um, so anyways, I, I perform, you know, all the maintenance work on this thing, change out, you know, steering linkage, classic Dodge issue, uh, pitman arm, classic Dodge issue, replace the front brake calipers, um, you know, go through all the fluids and all this other stuff. And then April rolls around. So six months later. Yeah, this is April 22. So the uh, the roads are clear. First nice day, I go to the title bureau early Saturday morning, first one in line, 
and uh, walk in because, you know, I had the title in hand. It's a, you know, official paper watermarked. It looked clean. I'd gone to the bank, had the thing notarized, uh, was good to go. Uh, walk in and, um, you know, get the VIN check at the uh, license bureau, walk next door to the title bureau and hand over all the paperwork. So uh, guy starts going through it, looking at the different uh, documents there. And he's like, okay, everything seems to be in order. Um, and then, you know, starts giving me a tough time about the mileage on the truck. Cause I guess in Oregon, the title's exempt for, you know, commercial or, or vehicles over, I don't know, five, 7,000 pounds, something like that, which Dodger definitely is. Um, so he goes back, talks to his manager, gets cleaned up. Like, you know, they agree like, Hey, we think everything's, you know, good here, you know, so Sweating a little bit already. Um, As everybody is when they <laughs> yeah. go to the DMV. I don't know why it's so uncomfortable. Hey, you forgot this but document. Okay, I came back with this document. Oh, you also need this document, yeah. which we didn't tell you about. So, uh, anyways, he starts typing you know, the VIN number and everything else in the computer, getting all the paperwork ready to go ahead and get the title issued in my name. And he's like, oh. And I was like, well, what, what does O mean? <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, no, um, there's an issue here. And I was like, yeah, what, what's the issue? He's like, well, it's listed as stolen. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's listed as stolen. And I was like, no, I have all the paperwork here. The bill of sale from the dealer, all the paperwork, you know, the title signed over to my name. Like, this is an original title. It's watermarked. Like, what is the difficulty here? Oh, yeah, well, um, you know, in the city of Portland, there is now a, a theft report issued for this vehicle. So I'm like, oh, great. And uh, <laughs> I had driven it there. You know, why wouldn't you, right? Just get it all done at once. Um, and the guy looks at me and says, you know, you have all the paperwork here. I, I see that there's a clean path of ownership. You have the eBay printout of you winning the auction. You have the bill of sale from the dealer and all the associated paperwork there. And then you also have the title, which is signed over to you. So everything looks to be in order. There must be a clerical error. You need to call the title clerk listed on the bill of sale. I said, okay. And he's like, by the way, don't drive that truck. Cause if someone sees you in it, they're going to pull you over. And I probably should have mentioned this to the police, like to start with. So I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> So <laughs> I drive no, I home. I didn't drive it here. Yeah. Nope. Good thing no, yeah, I didn't. Not, not right there out in the parking nope. lot, that giant white whale. So <laughs> I, uh, I ended up uh, turning it around and quickly getting back to my house. And of course, my wife's sitting there like, oh, did you get it all titled? Already annoyed that I'd bought the thing. <laughs> and, and I'm like, well, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's more to the story here. No. <laughs> so... Um, Anyways, listen, honey, uh, when I say is, I stole the truck on eBay, I mean I stole the truck <laughs> on eBay. <laughs> yeah. So that that's when it started. So uh, right after that, of course, the first thing I do is send an email to the title clerk who I'd been working with to get the title and make the payment, everything there. And the dealer that I'd bought it from uh, had a couple of communications back and forth with him, some on the phone in advance and everything else to arrange for shipping. Um and I get a very quick phone call response. So this is where you start to see things not be documented in the email, right? Right. So no written communications, right. like warning number one. So, you know, I'm like, all right, well, this is interesting. It's a but, small uh, dealer, so there's no way their calls are recorded yeah, either, sure. right? Yeah. yeah. And um, so, hey, I got a problem here. As you've seen in the email, this is listed as stolen. The guy's like, oh, I've never had this happen before. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. Well, I need you to fix it. Can you go see the guy you bought it from? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I got to talk to one of my guys. I was like, one of your guys. He's like, yeah, one of my guys handled the purchase. And I was like, okay, well, please let me know because now I have this like giant legal issue on my hands. Like I don't know what to do with this thing. So you need to make this right. Um, so the guy's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of it. I'll take care of it. Okay. So... In the meantime, like, you know, I'm not dumb to the legal world, although I never make any claims to be a lawyer of any kind. Um, I'm like, hey, right. I know and I all can... all of the things said yeah. here are alleged, <laughs> at <laughs> least when alleged. it comes to referring alleged. to the, My the opinions, dealer. alleged. What's the dealer name that sold you this car? Yeah, well, you know. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, we got a little bit of time. Okay. If, if, you, if you look out at... Uh, What's their address? Well... 
What's the pickup address of the truck? <laughs> That's fair. Actually, I think that was some nondescript lot. Like, it wasn't even from the dealer. Like, oh, the, the truck was sent somewhere else. Like, I do remember that. Um, but anyways. That's right, because I arranged yeah. the shipping for you, and the guy was all perturbed and had to, like, send somebody over because it was oh, half yeah. an hour away or something like that to open up the lot. And, yeah, even getting yeah. the truck out of there was was an ordeal. Yeah. But it came with two keys. I already had the title in hand, so I didn't think anything of it at the time. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to pull the police report myself via a freedom of information act. And if you guys don't know, like you can basically do that. They'll redact some information, but, uh, the city of Portland does not redact any information. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that. Um, because that gives me a number of things. Like I know what the report says when the times were reported that it was stolen, the dates, um, and kind of who reported the theft and most importantly, who owns it? Of course on paper. Okay. So question, the title that you got, was it a title in the dealer name that was signed off to you or was it a title in a private owner's name that was signed off to the dealer and then reassigned to you? So this was a reassigned title. Okay. That's important in all of this, right? So Ohio has a law that dealers have to put titles in their name. We can't reassign titles. A lot of people get perturbed about this, but this is really important because then the buck stops with the dealer, right? Like if there's an issue, like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's the title's clear once it's in our name. So if, if dealers keep reassigning it and I've seen transactions where you have multiple reassignments over years and years, and it's like, man, if something went wrong, the original owner listed on the title is, is five years and five transactions removed from this. If you got a problem, this is, this is really tough to unwind. Yeah. I mean, another example of that, when I bought you know, my 67 Camaro, I think that title had been reassigned to like four different dealers. Yeah. Like when I took it to the DMV, they looked at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, hey, that's, I just bought a car. What do you want to do? normal course of business here. So, okay. So it was a reassigned title. Reassigned so title. you got the police report. What did that tell you? That told me that the person reporting the theft was different than the original owner on the title. So mm. I had a lot of questions with that. But um, in the meantime, it does take time to get uh, of FOIA request done. So you pay money as a private citizen. Um, in this case, it was like 30 bucks, but it's, it also took like 60 days, right? So the it's entire government. time while I'm waiting on this report to come, I don't know who reported the theft. My guess is it's the original owner on the title. Um, and I'm waiting on a response from the dealer. So he comes back like two weeks after the initial notification of like, hey, this thing's stolen. Um, and was like, hey, so I got the background story, uh, but I don't think I have a resolution yet. I'm like, all right, well, let me know what the background story is. He's like, oh, well, my buyer, and I'll name him Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy, um, went to buy the truck. And uh, I'll, ju- I'll just throw numbers out there because why not, right? So I bought the truck for 17 That's yep. what I paid for it. Okay. Right? So the dealer knows this. I know this. We both made a very open market transaction at the time. That's basically what a four-wheel drive, you know, Cummins with about 150,000 miles sells for. That's about right. Sure. So um, he knows <laughs> what I paid for it. And he's like, yeah. So uh, my guy, Jimmy, who did the purchase, uh, he went to see the lady. Uh, they agreed on a price when he bought it. And my guess is that this guy just has several people that drive around that area, Portland, right. you know, up to Seattle, whatever, just looking for high quality trucks that sure. people would be willing to sell. Don't necessarily work for him on his payroll, but yeah. he just gives him a, a spiff or whatever. I'm not sure how that works, but I'm sure it was shady. But <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing shady about a spiff, but <laughs> anyway. Well, okay. We'll so get to how his, shady his Jimmy was. Because Jimmy, Jimmy starts the buys whole his problem. car from this lady. All right. He does. So, uh, two things in this. Um, number one. Jimmy walks up and says, hey, I'll pay $7,000 for that truck today. She says, sure. And Jimmy's like, but I only have $4,000 on me. Let me write you an IOU for the $3,000. And she says, absolutely, this is great. Let me sign the title over to you today. That starts the issues. Wow. So another key piece of this is the second you sign a title over to somebody and hand them the keys, it is not. They own it. They own it. 
That is not an auto theft issue. And if you don't get anything in writing from a car dealer or a buyer for a car or dealer, some sketchy then dude just it didn't your door. happen. <laughs> <laughs> and all so, right, on that yeah. note, hold on. This is a great time for commercial break because we're going to keep you all in suspense. <laughs> what happened? How Stefan's truck got stolen. So, Switchcast is brought to you by Celebrity Machines. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, The New Mario Brothers, and so many more. That's right. If you need Mario Brothers plates for your kids, your dad, your friends, whatever, they got them. Celebrity Machines also makes our dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save 25.39% at checkout. Again, that's CelebrityMachines.com and you can save 25.39% with discount code SWITCHCAST. Well, thank you guys again for listening. We are back live with Stefan Schaefer, who bought a stolen pickup truck from a dealer out of Oregon. And we are just catching up on how in the world the truck got stolen. So if you have questions about this whole process, how to protect yourself against things like this, we will get into that at uh, the end of the story. Throw your questions into the comment flow of where you're watching. Thank you, TikTok. Thank you, YouTube, Facebook, everybody watching uh, on all these platforms. Thank you, BoxCast, for streaming it so easily to those platforms. And our producer, Ethan, will be monitoring those questions and get them over to us uh, towards the end of the show. So... Without further ado, back to you, Stefan. So you, the, the, the dealer's buyer, Jimmy. Jimmy, yeah. The truck that you paid seventeen grand for told the lady <clears throat> that he would buy the truck for seven grand for mm-hmm. the dealer, but he only had four, and he'd write her, write her an IOU for the rest. That's right. She says, okay. Mm-hmm. She probably sent a lot of her money to uh, preachers on, on TV as well, you know, but... Uh, well, when I got the truck, <laughs> my favorite piece about it is there was a drink coupon from, like, some random tribal casino in, like, uh, Idaho or something. Yes. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, and uh, and he leaves with the it. truck and the title, and then what? Yeah, so, um, you know, of course, the lady who sold it, whose name was on my title, who had signed it over... Uh, was pretty upset and tried to get a hold of the guy apparently for several months. So and she didn't know that the dealer was the end no. buyer. It's just this guy Jimmy. Just who this guy up. Jimmy. And, okay. and what's important is that you know I bought this in like October of twenty one. So the dealer through Jimmy had picked it up in like I don't know. I think the date on the title was something like April of twenty one. So okay. she had been going through all these months of not getting paid. Right. Okay. And so um, they tried to call the police and get a theft report pulled. The police rightfully told her, hey, um, you can't do that because you signed the title over. Like, you just told us you signed the title sure. over. It's a, this is a civil issue. Like, you got to take him to court. This is not theft. Okay. So um, that's where the lady's son comes in. And so uh, um, yes, the son uh, is, is then who the dealer was told to deal with. When he showed up asking, like, hey, I just sold this truck, and the person's telling me it's stolen. Like, what's going on? You're the last one with the title. She's like, no, no, no. You need to talk to my son and slam the door on the guy. Uh, Wouldn't talk to him anymore. Um, So I'm sitting here like, hey, um, yeah, I don't really care whose title this is or whatever. Like, I bought this truck from you. And Um, you're a licensed dealer. Yeah, you need to handle this. Like, go figure it out. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm trying to call the son. I'll, I'll try to figure it out. In the meantime, I had just gotten the police report. So I could see the guy's name that had issued the, the theft report, and the last name was different, too. So okay. I was like, I don't even know if this is the lady's son or not. I, I frankly don't care. I just want this, this solved. And I sent this to the dealer. I'm like, hey, by the way, here's the theft report. Like, is this the guy you're dealing with? And he was like, oh, this is super helpful. Like, yeah. And I'm like, you didn't, you didn't do this, too? <laughs> like, are you out of your mind? Um, okay. I sold a stolen truck. I wonder why it was stolen. Yeah. Let's just ignore the problem. Maybe it'll go away. Oh, yeah. Gosh. I'm not, I'm, I'm very stubborn and I'm not going to walk away from that money and I'm not going to have a legal, you know, like paperweight in my lawn. Like if, if somebody came to my very house and saw paperweight. that, like I'd be, 
you know. Well, no, you. I can there's prove no ownership in paperwork. Yeah, but who's gonna come looking for it, right? No, that's very true. Well, and we'll get to that cop too. Is gonna like run the van. <laughs> okay, all right, maybe somebody did. Yeah, I didn't so, post it on Instagram. I swear, hashtag stolen truck. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so I'm sitting here at this point, and you know, I got 17 in the truck. I got like I don't know 17.50 for shipping, and then in in the spare parts and work and stuff that I've put in on it, I don't know. Let's call it like another two grand, right? So you're like 20 grand into the. So truck. I'm like yeah, tw- at least 20 into this thing. Um, and so you know, I basically tell the dealer like, if you can't if you can't figure this out with this guy, like I just want my money back, man. And um, you know, I'm also pinging Doug. Because I know you're in the business and you're like, hey, stop screwing around. Just like claim against this guy's bonding. I'm like, I don't know. And at the time. <laughs> there like, is, there's multiple lessons Oh, yes, here. there are. Multiple. One, <laughs> Stefan already identified. When you buy a vehicle, don't walk. Run to the title yes. bureau. Get it put in your name immediately. Immediately. Yeah. Immediately. You're going to have to pay the tax. Stefan didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got to pay it sometime. So just friggin' run down there, pay it, do that now. Yeah. I've got a whole nother story of how we got ended up with a a stolen vehicle. I think it was at the same time too, right? Uh, It was around the same time. We got ours resolved quicker, but yeah. Um, I think I... Because we didn't title it (laughs) quickly enough. But (laughs) yeah, ours took all of like a month. But uh, yeah. One, go get your vehicle titled. Yeah. Two, take immediate action, immediate and drastic action. If you don't think that things, even if you think that things are going to go your way, dealers are fantastic at lying and delaying and selling. And yeah. So, yeah. So, so additional context, um, at the time in fairness, you did tell me like, Hey, claim against this guy's bonding. And I'm sitting here like, okay, well maybe I get the 20 back. And meanwhile, I'm surfing, bring a trailer and a truck with almost identical specs, like maybe 5,000 miles difference in, in total mileage, sold for like 30-something. Like, again, you got to remember, this is in that kind of early 22 crazy used car environment. And I'm sitting here like, well, all I wanted was a diesel truck. And I can't even replace what I have in my hands now for the same amount of money. So if you get your money back, you're at a loss. Yeah, I'm just like, all right, well, yeah, I guess I'm at a loss. So let's just see this out and see what happens. And and to back up a little bit, so you threw around some dealer uh, 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 lingo, which is claim file a claim against the dealer's bond. So yeah. most dealers uh, in most states are required to have a bond. It's basically an insurance policy. They don't put up the cash, but they have to have a bond registered with the state in a certain amount. So if somebody files a claim like, hey, I didn't get my title, then you know they would file against that insurance policy and make whole somebody who filed against it. Um, and you know, if you have claims against your bond, that can affect whether or not you can renew your license. It's, it's a really bad thing to have a claim against your dealership bond. So I told him, hey, do that now so that you have some leverage when this guy inevitably doesn't do what he says he's going to do and six months pass by. Yeah, and bonding's <laughs> not insurance, by the way. Like, the the bonding company will pay that out, but then they come right back to right. you, the dealer, and say, hey, you owe us this money right now. Right. So there's he's going to pay the money anyways, right? And it's like, hey, do you want to keep a clean bill of health here, or do you want to go through the process? Either way. Yep. Anyway, so... This brings us to, I don't know, we're like end of May-ish, somewhere in there. Okay, so about a month after you found out there was an issue, which is about six months after you bought the truck. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're yeah. month, a month into the ordeal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, you know, dealer basically goes dark, and I'm like, this isn't great. So I get the police report, send it to him, all of a sudden he's back, and he's like, yeah, this is the guy I've been working with, but he won't talk to me. And I'm like, well, you need to figure this out. Please go do that. Guy goes dark for like another two weeks. So we end up in like June and he calls me back. He's like, hey, I have an update. I'm like, yeah, great. I've had to ping you like eight times for the update. So (laughs) let's hear it. And he's like, hey, so I did talk to the son and he's telling me that he's the owner of the truck and has the keys. And I was like, well, yeah, that's what the police report said. But I have two very well-worn keys that both start the truck. So And a title. And a title. Um and uh, so he's like, oh, yeah, no, there's another title pulled over top. I'm going to have to get that one. And I was like, well, yeah, that's you can't get a theft report without having a title or something to prove to the police that you own it. Right. So anyways, he um, 
he tells me, he's like, oh, well, there's there's more issue here. Um, I need to go ahead and check the title status and the VIN status of the vehicle. And I'm sitting here like, dude, why wouldn't you check that as soon as I told you it was stolen? And he's like, but the, the real issue is that this guy tried to claim against insurance. So he bought the truck when his mom didn't get paid. And then he went and immediately turned around on an insurance policy that he pulled on the truck, tried to file it as, the, as theft. Wait, who did the son buy, quote unquote, buy the truck from? His mom. Okay, so she, he had her write him like a bill of so, sale. After the fact, I can see this because I have all the paperwork. Oh, she got a duplicate title. She got a duplicate title. Right, because... And then she signed it over to her son. Again, this is why, one, Ohio is great yeah. because they require dealers to put the title in their name, so then they're, it prevents somebody from getting a duplicate title. That old title is no longer active. So that's one layer of insurance. Two, that's why when you buy a car from somebody who reassigns it, you title it right away. Yeah. Because if you had titled it in Ohio, it probably would have populated the NIMVITA system well, that's, and that's prevented them better. from so, getting a duplicate title. Yeah. Okay, so, so she gets a duplicate title, essentially uh -huh. commits fraud. Yes, fraud number one. <laughs> Her son sells sells it again to her son. Fraud number two. Fraud number two. Not a lawyer here, just yeah. observing. Allegedly, alleged fraud. Uh, observing. <laughs> I think I know. I think I know what the laws are eh, about this you know, stuff. Maybe. I'm not giving yeah. legal advice. We can. We're yeah. not giving legal advice. No, yet. we're just saying this happened. Yeah. Okay. Fraud number two is the reassignment of the title to her son. Right. And then fraud, fraud number, number three, three is filing the a police report. <laughs> yeah. False so, police so report. False police report. F That's not fraud. fraud. It's just a crime. Wait, you know? so how do you? Okay, so he filed an insurance claim because it was stolen. So he had to. Unquote. He got the police report to file the insurance claim so that he could get more money out of it. And at the time, the insurance claims agent, and and this filing, I should say, the timing of it was even better. Yeah. Because did when it I got predate, the report, Did it predate your purchase? The date of the theft report was literally the day the auction closed. Like you can't make oh this stuff up gosh. from a timing perspective. It's just crazy. So even had I gone into the the you know BMV here in Ohio, it still would have popped as stolen. So, so this was all happening. It was in the works before you bought it, but the dealer oh yeah. didn't know it. He didn't know because yeah. they their guy Jimmy had bought the car, and he didn't relay that there was issues to the well dealer. the guy He's Jimmy. You know. How much money did he make out of that? Of course, the dealer gave him the seven and then the spiff on top, if that's right. what the arrangement was. Allegedly. Right. So he made an extra three grand. So yeah. of course he's not going to tell the dealer there's issues. Of course issues. he's not going to tell him. Yeah. And how many other people fell for the same thing, right? Sure. I mean, you got to imagine that if you have success Golly. with something like that, you're going to do it over again, Jimmy. Uh, so, you know. Well, and the dealer's probably going to look the other way, too, because they're getting well, he doesn't making care. money. Yeah. I mean, as long as the paperwork doesn't come back, like, you know. He's like, hey, for all yeah, I know, until it, does. it was purchased, you know, honorably as the okay, way it should be. Okay, so you know? so the son commits a, yes a, a, an alleged four frauds, files an insurance claim. Yeah, between his mother and him. Yeah. Okay. So files One the insurance crime, three claim. Frauds. Yeah. What happens then? Yeah. So the insurance company just flat denied it, and I'm not. I'm still not sure why, but I insured the truck. <laughs> I insured the truck as soon as I got the title in hand, which is before I had it shipped. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure if there's a system in the background. I don't know. But I'm guessing what may have happened is the insurance company looked and said, this is insured by two different people. Like, why we're not issuing right. a, a payment on this. Like, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why they didn't. But I will say once they issue the payment and total out the vehicle, there is no going back. The insurance company is going to take ownership of that. They're going to auction it off. Like there was no path for me to get ownership of the truck right there, which is why I needed the guy to run it to ground on his end. And he was like, hey, you know, I'm glad the insurance company didn't pay out because otherwise this would have been a, a bigger issue. I was like, well, not a bigger issue for me. Just right. he would have had to write me a check. Like that's <laughs> the way this goes. Um, he's like, hey, but I'm trying to work with the guy. I'm trying to offer him more money. I basically offered the money that was owed plus another thousand bucks. I was like, dude, like another 4,000? Like, I'm not, I'm not mad that somebody made a profit off of what I paid for the truck because I still feel I paid, you know, a very fair market value at the time. Like, that's what it, I bid against other people. That's what it got to. There we are. So I don't care that the guy made money on it, but I'm also sitting here knowing that he had this cushion. And I'm like, dude, just give him more to make this go away. Like, what are we right. doing here? Like, give up and your he's, he's There's actively no pain for you. wasting time to negotiate right. this deal. Like, you can tell he really wants to make it 
as least painful to his wallet as possible. And I'm sitting here like, dude, you like you have a business at any given time. You have like five to eight vehicles on eBay that are selling. Like, don't you want to keep that going? Like this, there, there are repercussions if I go down the path because I'm not just going to go and file a claim against the bonding. I'm going to file a complaint with the state of Oregon for the, you know, their um, uh, business licensure uh, organization. And then I'm going to file another complaint with eBay, right? By the way, eBay has a 45 to 90 day, you know, look back if you buy something fraudulently with a vehicle. So, you know, this isn't eBay's fault. This is mine again for waiting. Right. Um, yep. And by the way, I will say the truck arrived cleaner than I would have thought based on the pictures. Um, and this has been the case with every vehicle. And it came with a lot of things that if I were to replicate things like a tuner, things like onboard air, which is really important for when we show up for race weekends. Now we don't have to bring a compressor, right? Like th- there's a lot of things about this truck that it had, you know, additional, uh, air springs in the back. If you're carrying a lot of heavy stuff in the bed or, or and it came with a fifth wheel hitch. I don't know what I'm use that for, but I haven't. So it's, um, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm like, man, this is kind of what I would do with it. It's got an exhaust brake on it too. Like it's, it's set up for what I would want. So I'm like, man, you know, this makes it even more difficult. So I'm like, hey, go work with this guy. I need an answer, like, soon. So, like, two weeks, like, let me know. It's like, yeah, 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 that's all the time I need. That's all the time I need. So uh, two weeks goes by again. So we end up in, like, July. So this is now April, May. It's three uh-huh, months. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Three months. What did so I say July. about filing against his dealer yeah. bond immediately? Every, every yep. time I talk to Doug, he's like, please file, please file, please file. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where things are going. Meanwhile, you know, the used car market is starting to cool off and that value is coming down, but it's still higher than I paid for it. Oh, gosh. So I'm like, All right. Eh. So July. Yeah. So again, you know, oh, I, I, I worked a deal with the guy. You know, he's going to do five grand and we're going to meet and get this paid out. Great. Please handle it. Like, just let me know when it's done. The guy's like, I'll have it done by Friday. Okay, good. Friday comes, nothing. So again, I'm... Texting the guy, emailing, calling, nothing. Great. So this is on repeat. Uh, again, every communication by phone. So, do you know what I did when we bought a car <laughs> that the guy filed a duplicate title? You just paid him off, I'm sure. No, the day that I found out it happened, I came home from the title bureau. I found out what happened. I texted him. I said, call me now. I am yeah. going to call the police. He didn't call me, and I filed a police report that well, day. I mean, that's what you should that do. That day. Yeah, 100%. 100%. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm not here to crap on you, Stefan, no, but yeah, there was uh, a little bit know. of see I told you so, because this is July. <laughs> this is July. All right, this, this is July, July. and we're, this, this, yeah, we're, about halfway we're in through. April. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So, still no title. Still he no says title. he's going to pay the guy off to get the title. Off. What happened? Deal. Goes radio silent again for several weeks. So I start bugging him again. I'm like, dude, you got to have something done here. Um, and he's like, hey, the guy won't even talk to me anymore. Can you call him? <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> he's like, yeah, but maybe if, if you tell him that, you know, you bought the vehicle from me, he'll be willing to, to talk to me again. Can you, can you just try? And I was like, no, like my recourse is with you. I don't, I don't know this guy. I've never met him. I didn't buy the vehicle from him. He doesn't legally own it. Yeah. He committed fraud. Why should I negotiate with somebody? Yeah, I mean, you know, the guy's already a scammer. Like, you know, it's like, I don't want any involvement with this. That just makes the water more muddy for me. Like, I just want this done. Like, I did my part. I paid you. Now you need to go fix this. The the thing is, too, along the lines here, I'm thinking, okay, this dealer's spinning stories because there's no scammer as good as a car salesman. And I'm like, this dealer is just making up excuses for something. Like, this sounds way too far-fetched to be true, and he's just buying time for whatever reason. Yeah. Again, why I was like, friggin' file. If you don't get the answer you want, file now. Even if you do, file until you have an actual clearance of the theft report. Okay, so July comes and goes. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're, we're in August now. And so finally, I'm like, all right. Last resort, fine. I'll, I'll contact the guy. And the guy's like, oh, but he won't do any calls. He only deals in text. And I was like, what? What an idiot. <laughs> like, if I'm scamming somebody, I'm never going to put anything in text. 
Like you can just look up people's phone numbers all day and figure out you where they are and all that stuff. Phone it's numbers crazy. and all sorts of well, I'm stuff. I'm sure like you that. could spoof but and most do that scammers stuff too. use texting. So, so it's. Uh, I call the guy. I leave a voicemail for him. And I did not call the number that the dealer gave me. I called the number from the police report <laughs> because I had it in hand. Why not? Because you're smart. And I know the guy. So I left him a voicemail stating his full name. I'm like, hey, I have this vehicle. Um, apparently, you have a theft report, which is interesting because I have two keys. I have the full legitimate title, and it's signed over to me. I don't understand where you play a part in this, but apparently... According to this theft report, you claim that it was stolen from you. So, hey, I'd really appreciate it if you just dealt with the dealer and get this fixed. Please call him. Here's his number. So a day goes by. I get a text back from the guy. And he starts off with like the, oh, no, that guy's a scam. He's a thief. You know, he stole this truck from from my family. Like, you know, I tried to claim insurance, but I couldn't. The insurance adjuster told me that the truck was worth 27 at the time. Um, and like, you know, I'm not going to deal with this guy. I'm not going to pay anybody else off and nobody's, you know, I, I need another truck or I need all the money that he got from you. And I'm like, well, I don't have a horse in the game. So I paid 17 for it. You want to go get that money? Please have, have at it. And I sent him a screen cap of the, you know, eBay purchase, right? Not the full thing that gave my address and everything else. I sent him a picture of the title again. Not the box that had my address in it, because sure. I'm not a dummy. And of course, his immediate response was, oh, do you have a bill of sale? And I'm like, yeah, dude, I do, but I'm not going to send that to you, because it has my address on it, and I'm not an idiot. So, you know, the guy's like, all right, well, um, yeah, I, I guess you're in this mix too. And I was like, yes, I have been, and I've been trying to find a solution with the dealer. Could you just just talk to him? I don't, I don't care what you do. So then, again, he comes back with some ang angry rant of like, you know, oh, you know, these people are stealing from us and, you know, this is how our country is now. People think they can get away with this stuff. And then just goes on this like crazy political rant. Like regardless <laughs> of where you stand on the spectrum, like it was wild. And that's how he ended like every text message I had with him. So, you know, the dealer calls me the next day. I was like, hey, the guy actually contacted me. We're going to work something out. I'm like, okay, great. Just please handle this. So then goes dark again. For like another three weeks. At and which point you filed a claim against his bond, right, uh, Stefan? No, I did not. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so anyway, so it's rolling around to like, you know, September. And I'm like, man, what is, what is going on here? I was like, I, I can't keep doing this. Like we're coming up on a year after I bought this stupid truck. And I got to have some resolution. So I got in contact with dealers. Like, oh, the guy went dark on me again. We had a gorilla. A, a, deal agreed to um but you know i haven't heard from him since he was unwilling to meet at the police station i was like well why not like you know you already went and saw the policeman who wrote the theft report you know you already went and visited the police they they logged that the police offered to call the the guy and they did so they were like hey this is a civil matter we're not gonna do anything about it but you are the only one who can pull the theft report because you issued it um so you and your mom need to work with this dealer and figure this out so the guy's like just off the hook pissed. And he's like, well, you know, the deal, and he's texting me this. He's like, the dealer told the police that I'm a scammer and that I'm, you know, trying to extort him for money. And, you know, this he is, is, well, he was. <laughs> allegedly. allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, oh, I can't even make this up. So the police aren't, uh, again, aren't going to do anything. Not surprising. Um, their response was, and this is Portland, is, you know, we have violent crimes to take care of. This is at the bottom of our list. And I get it. Like, hey. That's just the nature of that city right now. So, you know, it's just this nightmare of, of going around and around and around, like a crazy circular reference. So finally, I listened to Doug again, who was like, dude, just file. And lucky for me, the state of Oregon on their DMV page publishes everything about the dealers. Everything. So I went and just found the dealer. They have, you know, basically everybody listed. I also found from that that the title clerk was listed as a member of management because I'd always just assumed that she was just an outshore service for the dealer. Sure. Right? Like he's a one-man operation sort of thing. He sells the vehicles and then he pays her on like a, you know, per vehicle basis to process paperwork or whatever. And it's important that she never popped up in any of these communications, like none of them. 
So um, I find out that she is actually listed as an officer of the company. So I'm like, wow, if I file against their business license and I file against, you know, the bond, like she's now on the hook too. So this is a lot more than just this guy. Like he should really just fix this. Um, and so I basically wrote out a, a very detailed email after telling the dealer that I was going to file if he couldn't fix this. And if he couldn't pay me and he was like, oh yeah, no, if we can't get a deal done with this guy, I'm so close. Like I will pay you. I'll, I'll honor that. Like I really want to do right by you. And I was like, well, doing right by me would have been taking care of this when I, when I notified you. <laughs> like, you know, Hey, that's, that's a cost of doing business. Sometimes this happens. I um, want to just not if it costs me too much. Yeah. Not if it costs me any money. Um, so anyways, every um, scammer in them has the desire oh, to do yeah. right by people, but only if it doesn't hurt their bottom line. Yeah, you got to protect that huge property, man. Right. You know? It's a nice gain on that one. All right. Well, we're we're coming to the, the conclusion of the story, and I do need to get to uh, our supporters. So SwitchCast is brought to you by BoxCast. BoxCast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers around the world. Their founders launched BoxCast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, which we can't officially endorse boxcast is an easy flexible live streaming platform for organizations boxcast is so easy we're broadcasting this show with a phone head over to switchcars.com slash boxcast for your free trial and i do want to get to the question of the week as well before we get back into wrapping up the crazy scam truck story from stefan and the question of the week is brought to you by nuts for sticks nuts for sticks is an stick shift enthusiast based uh, brand and we have t-shirts and other merchandise celebrating the manual transmission lifestyle so if you like three pedals and want to uh, brag about it head over to nutsforsticks.com and use switch discount code switchcast to get 10% off your merchandise order uh, the question of the week is brought to you. Well, it's brought to you by Nuts for Sticks. It is from Sam Diacon on Instagram. He's asking about car mods. He said, do they help or hurt a car's value? And does it matter by car brand? Like basically a clapped out 350Z versus a modified Porsche 911. Do you see cars with well-done mods commanding a premium over their stock counterparts? And what percentage of value is being retained in the mods themselves? And he gave an example of a Porsche 997 on Bring a Trailer that was converted to a Safari car, which is all the rage nowadays, that pulled a premium over a, a standard car. Now, in general, uh, car mods do not help a car's value. Uh, even if they are good mods... Uh, not your, you know, AutoZone stick-on crap. But even if they're good mods, mods are very individualistic, right? And uh, it's tough to sell your taste to somebody else. That's why when you sell a car, factory original is always best. Even if you think your wheels make it look better, even if you think those Porsche stickers, whatever you do, th make it look better, the next guy doesn't think so or the next 10 guys don't and one might but you're you're going after the, the bigger audience so in general mods hurt a car's value good mods you tend to get about 10 percent of your quote-unquote investment back so if you spend 50 grand on mods on your car and they're good mods you'll probably get five maybe 10 grand back on resale um, if they're crappy mods then you'll get zero potentially a negative return on your investment, especially if you're building like a track car or something like that, uh, because of the potential abuse, because the assumptions people make that totally hurts a vehicle's value on resale. Um, now, this uh, person asking this question was looking to do an upgraded LN engineering, fully built engine with the upgraded Nikasil cylinder liners and basically bulletproof. That is definitely a good thing. I don't consider that a mod. That's more like kind of like the OEM plus or fixing weak points, um, you know, like doing upgraded subframes on an E46 or any number of, uh, you know, replacing and, and upgrading the heads on, a, um, on an LS7 engine, any 
known weak point that you're addressing, that's a good thing. Or for example, the Sharkworks 4.1 liter 997 GT3 RS that recently sold on Bring a Trailer for approximately $100,000 over what a comparable stock car would have sold for with similar condition and mileage. There's certain brands uh, of of companies that have established themselves as, you know, building a car to what people want, making them better uh, unequivocally, like the, you know, like the Lee Keen Safari branded 911s and other uh, types of cars like that. But it's very tough to do that kind of in your garage. Uh, so in general, no, mods do not help a car's value. But really, really great question. All right, Stefan, we've got a little less than 10 <laughs> minutes to, to bring this story to a close. It is yeah. a good one, but you've been through the ringer with this dealer. This is over six months now. That oh, yeah. You've been going yeah. back and forth with him one week at a time, as I knew one would happen. One little week at a time, and we're six months out, and you're still negotiating with them. So how the heck did you finally get the title from them? Yeah, I mean, you know, when you're entering negotiations, you just got to figure out what everybody wants. This guy, clearly the money was always the thing. He was always trying to strike a deal. He By always this guy, had the you're option, talking about the, the dealer. dealer. Okay. Yeah, he always had the option to just pay me to go away. And I think my ask was pretty fair, right? Like, sure, did I have extra money in all the maintenance stuff that I had done to the truck since I got it? Yeah. Um, but you know what? You got to take lumps sometimes. And I did the work on a truck that I didn't have in my sure. name, which was dumb. Right. And so, you know what? I'm going to be very straightforward and say, look, I bought this truck and paid for the shipping on the premise that it was advertised to me as a clean and clear title vehicle. Yeah. And that you, as a dealer, have the right to sell me the vehicle, which, you know, you can say all you want, no expressed warranties, but I did a little research on that right. too. As if you is, sell covers the vehicle, condition, that does not cover, <laughs> yep. hey, I don't have a title, this vehicle yeah. is stolen. Yeah. So someone sells it to you, they are giving you an express warranty that they have the right to sell it to you. Correct. So, it's highly illegal in Ohio yeah. to sell a vehicle for which we don't have ownership. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I just wrote out a very detailed email documenting Every touch point that I had with him all the way through and then put an end date on it. Said, if I don't get my money back and I'm asking again just for the shipping and the price that I paid for the vehicle, if I don't get that back by the end of this week and I put the title clerk back on. Yep. And I'm this filing was, uh, so you bought the car in uh, September of 21. You figured yeah, out October. it was stolen in yeah. April of mm -hmm. 22. So mm -hmm. this email was sent when? This is like end of September 22. 22. Okay, yeah. a year after you bought the car approximately and about six months after these issues came to light. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you copied the title clerk, said, if I don't get my money back, then... Yeah, yeah. And so uh, magically within like 24 hours, I get a phone call like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with it. Can, can you text the guy again? And I'm like, geez, <laughs> man, this is like the back, fifth time. Back to the same thing. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Like, I don't care. I'm getting paid at the end of the week or I'm getting a title. So, you know, either we're going to start this whole process, which, you know, maybe you should give an, an overview of what going through the bonding claims <laughs> process is like. Not fun. I've um, never had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so my understanding of the way it works is you put a filing in and they'll go through arbitration, right? So they're going to call the dealer, figure out what's going on. And then the one that makes the decision is the bonding company. So... This one's very cut and dry. Like, did you deliver a clean, clear title to this person that you sold a car to? No. Okay. Well, we're going to pay the, the money owed back to that individual. And now the dealer has a claim against their bond. So the bond company basically pays it out and, and it's dealt with past that. That process, though, is not short. Like, once sure. you start that, that's probably, I don't know, 30, 60 days minimum. So I kind of didn't want to do that if I could avoid it. Um, but you know, we need some finality to the situation. So anyways, I text the, uh, the scammer and, um, he connected again with the dealer. So they agree to meet not at a police station and then also not at a bank. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, you just need to get this title notarized. Like was, you're a dealer, you know, uh, like, like a Mexican restaurant or where? <laughs> well, so it gets even better. So they, they, they did end up agreeing to meet at a local bank branch. 
And so the dealer went there and brought a buddy with him because this guy's, you know, basically been extort, allegedly, extorting him for money, um, you know, and, and rolls up uh, and they meet. And then, you know, the guy's like, hey, who are these other people with you? And um, the guy's like, well, you know, as my cousin, don't worry about it. Like, let's just go into the bank. I have the cash on me. We'll get this done. I already got the teller ready to notarize everything. So we'll be good. All I need is a bill of sale, which I have written. You just got to sign it. And then I need your title and the keys that you claim to have. And so the guy's like, nah, I can't go in. And so the dealer's like, well, why can't you go in? The guy's like, because I got a gun on me. And keep in mind, this guy, like, every text exchange you have with him delves into, like, the craziest political rants. (laughs) And so, like, you know, somewhere on the spectrum of crazy. Allegedly. My opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So, so anyways, um... I was like, hey, you know, I appreciate you trying to meet with this guy and get this done, but like, you still got to figure something out because I don't have money and I don't have a title. And the guy's like, oh yeah, no, we'll work it out. I called the police. And I'm like, oh great, this is going to be a nightmare. And um, so he's like, all right, well, you know, the plan is we're going to meet next week at an Ikea in the parking lot. The police are going to be there. And the guy's like, well, to be honest, I'm kind of scared. The guy was like really jittery, like very angry, yelling at me and my cousin. And um, like, all right, well, cool, man. So next week, right, you're going to get this title? Like, I don't care. (laughs) I don't want to be callous, but you haven't exactly done right by me either in this situation. So they meet at the Ikea. The guy pulls up, has uh, the scammer, pulls up, has another person in the car with him, refuses to get out of his car. So the police are there to mediate this whole thing. And, you know, the police basically tell uh, the scammer, like, hey, all right, where's you need to sign this bill of sale. You need to go ahead and provide the signed title over. And then, you know, he's going to give you the cash once we see the papers. So the guy's like, yeah, here's the papers. Um, and the police walk back over to the dealer and like, don't pay this guy. Like, this guy's an extortion artist. Do not pay him. And the dealer's like, I, I don't know. I kind of have to to get this situation done with. Like, does he have the title? Or like, yeah. So dealer walks over, hands him the money. The guy throws the keys out of the car, signs the title over, throws that in the air, and just drives off in, a, in <laughs> like a completely different vehicle than the one that he had had when they met at the bank. And so the dealer's like, I don't even know what just happened. Like, it was just one of these moments. Like, if the police weren't there, I don't even know. And I'm like, cool. So... I'm getting my title, right? <laughs> like it's coming in the mail. He's like, yeah, my title clerk will deal with it. You'll have it. You'll have a notification, you know, certified first class mail. And, you know, basically like a week shy of it being one year of me purchasing the vehicle. I got it. Finally. And you ran, ran to oh, the yeah. title bureau. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> yep. So, so uh, I went and got that title in my name. And then funny enough. I go back to the desk, and it's the same dude who, who was there the first time, who was like, eh, we got a problem. And I recognize him, but I'm not quite sure if he recognizes me. And I'm just, you know, here's the paperwork. And he's like, okay. Um, he's like, yeah, there's weird stuff on, on this. I don't, I don't know. And I was like, well, um, he's like, you may need to contact the prior owner and the way this title is signed. And I was like, there's no contact in the prior owner on this dude. <laughs> like this, there's not. And I was like, I have all the titles for this truck. <laughs> and the guy's like, okay. So he starts going through the paperwork and he's like, yeah, I can see you on this. He's like, man, this is a tough one. He's like, wait a second. Are you the guy that came in in April? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you're still dealing with this. And I was like, I just got it done. Yeah. I hope I'm not still dealing with this. And the guy's like, oh my gosh, wait, did, did they try to extort you? And I was like, no, that's the funny thing. No one ever asked me for any more money. Although I get the feeling that the reason the dealer kept putting me in the contact with the guy is so I would just pay him off because I was so annoyed oh, by the situation. Yeah, sure. Which, again, being super stubborn, I was not going to pay a dollar no. more for this dump truck. <laughs> so, so anyway, so, of course, the plate that I got once everything is in my name and legal <laughs> is scam truck. Scam truck, yes, yes. All right, we've got a couple minutes for questions. That is a whirlwind of a story. And there's lots of things to learn from this, so many things. Um, One is if you encounter an issue like this, deal with it immediately and, like, with force. Uh, Attorneys, 
mafia, whatever you have to do. Government agencies, they work too slow. Um, yeah, especially with a dealer, you have the ability to put pressure on. Yeah. With, a, with a real scammer, with a private individual, it's a lot more difficult. But if, if you have issues with a dealer, don't let them make promises. Get on it right friggin' away. Uh, Stefan, what did you learn from this? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I think we summarized some of them. Number one, am I going to wait to pay, you know, the taxes on a recently purchased vehicle because I'm not driving it for a couple months? No. Um, number two, you know, use all the public access documents that you have at hand. If you end up in an issue like this, there's never any harm of having more information than all the other parties, um, which I found at most times I did have, not that it helped me. It's just seemingly I knew things that no one else did, which was baffling again. Um, cause I had, you know, the, like I wasn't going to be on the hook for this at the end of the day. Right. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, every state, uh, I mean, there, there is a lesson there is, is document everything. Oh, 100%. Yes. 100%. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I kept all the call logs. I took notes on every call. Uh, that I had. I had, obviously, the initial email documents. And then, you know, the final email stating like, hey, I need this or I'm going to file was very detailed. Um, and these are all things that, you know, I knew I was going to need to do in case some way, shape or form this kind of blew up into something more than what it was. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't worth the anguish. And who cares what a car is worth today? If you can be made whole, just be made whole. It's so dumb to wait. I mean, yeah. am I happy to have this thing now? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it 100% meets the needs that, you know, I think I have in a truck right now at this moment in life. Um, and to be honest, again, it, it's it's better than the ad. And that's always been my experience with eBay purchases. Um, so, you know, am I dissuaded from buying cars online again? No, absolutely not. This could have <laughs> happened if I bought something from a guy down the block, you know? Yeah. So. Yep. Absolutely. Well, that's good. Uh, well, we're just about out of time, but we do want to get to questions because we appreciate our live viewers. So what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up the recorded session of this, and then we're going to go into bonus time for those of you joining us live on uh, the uh, YouTubes and TikToks and all that. So, uh, the, uh, so with that, we're going to move on to the props and flops. The props and flops are brought to you by Switch Cars. Switch Cars is the enthusiast's dealership where <laughs> the enthusiasts where we buy sell consign service and store only cars that we like ourselves check out our hand-picked inventory at switchcars.com our pick of the week from switch cars inventory is a 1994 mazda miata na that's right we got in a super low mileage i think it's thirty-five thousand miles mazda miata manual of course and it is just super super clean and uh, it's, it's harder and harder to find those low mileage early miatas people use them for autocrosses people daily drive them we know people love driving them in the winter with their top down and lemons races yeah lemons races <laughs> the whole deal so this one is is really really clean so if you're looking for something like that hit up switch cars our flop of the week a driver was arrested in Connecticut after posting his 130-mile-an-hour speed run on social media very shortly after he did it. Now, this was thanks to Lato's Law. He did a YouTube video on this. It was, it was uh, pretty good. But, uh, yeah, some guy, and, and we've seen this before. There's been numerous occasions where people get arrested shortly after posting stuff, uh, illegal activities online on social media. The ironic thing was, I think I had Ethan post a video of me doing a test drive in a Ferrari the exact same day that this article broke, and I may or may not have been doing the speed limit, but... Uh in Mexico. It was in Mexico. Right, right? in Mexico. Yeah, yeah right. Um, so anyway, he, he posted this. I think he was driving a Chevelle, and he was going through the gears, and you could see the speedometer, and there was enough visual clues to tell you where he was, and the police figured out who he was, went to his house, arrested him for reckless driving, and put him in jail. And uh, yeah, so... Um, 
lesson there. If you're going to film yourself doing something illegal, make sure you don't give the cops enough proof to friggin' come get you. <laughs> like, one, wait long enough. Two, don't give visual clues. Three, don't show the speedometer. Anything so you have, like, plausible deniability or whatever the legal term is, right? Like, I made that up. I photoshopped it, you know. I think there was even, like, a timestamp on his video or, you know, just all the... All the dumb things. So uh, our prop of the week is the exact opposite. Uh, Courtesy of the drive.com, they posted the top 200 speeding tickets in Texas last year. Now, I have received a very... I was going to say, is one of those you No, I had a 117-mile-an-hour <laughs> ticket in Texas, and I was disappointed to find that I didn't even qualify for the top 200. Oh it's wild. Uh, the average speed of the top uh, speeding tickets was 130 miles an hour. The top one was 201 by a Dodge Challenger Charger, which I didn't even know those could go that fast. Like even the I mean, Hellcat. Were they done a horsepower? I I see it, but it's still shoving a brick. a brick. It's a five thousand pound brick. How do you get that That's thing crazy. down the road? Um, the lowest speed in the top uh, the top list here. My computer's going crazy. Uh, was hundred twenty four miles an hour. So you were I, close. I, you were close. I, I was close, man. I got to try harder. <laughs> But again, in a cannonball, it's not about top speed. It's about average speed. Uh, there was a Nissan Altima in the list. Of, of course. course. Of course. They used, of course, in the article, too. <laughs> the stereotype holds. So anyway, congrats to you all in Texas for uh, for upholding <laughs> the speed limit. Oh, so. man. With that, again, we're going to wrap up our uh, recorded version of this and uh, stick around, you guys who are watching live, and we'll get to some of your questions about BMWs, about cars, about scams, whatever you want to ask me and Stefan. So, Stefan, thank you again for being on with me tonight. Uh, Thank you for for enduring this story so the rest (laughs) of us could benefit from it. Thank you to our sponsors, BoxCast, Nuts for Sticks, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking, and our producer, Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Monday in audio format wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m. as we look forward to edifying, educating, and entertaining you on the drive of your life. 